Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. Well, Heidi, we know one of the big issues for a lot of people is happiness. Will I ever be happy after the loss of a child? And we're here to tell you that happiness after loss is a choice. And we're gonna be talking to someone who's been there and has come through this and you're gonna get some great advice. So Heidi, you wanna introduce our guest? Sure, I'd love to, Mom. And like you said, happiness, and if we're ever going to have it again, I think is one of the biggest questions after you have loss. And our guest today is no stranger to loss. Her name is Chelsea Hansen, and she has had significant losses in her life, Mom. Her dad mm. died when she was only four. Her mom died when she was 28. So basically, she was an orphan by the time she was 28. Wow. She has had two miscarriages, and her brother-in-law has also died. She is the author of The Sudden Loss Survival Guide and presents workshops and seminars and is the founder of With Sympathy Gifts and Keepsakes. So welcome to our show, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and I um, appreciate the nice welcome. Well, let's talk about your happiness 101 and your steps. Uh, you talk about something called joy block. I believe what happens when we lose someone that we love, they die. We're in such deep grief. We don't know if we'll ever recover. We feel horrible. So, you know, I don't like to repeat all those feelings because everyone knows what it feels like. It, it's horrible. So, but what a lot of people don't know is with your conscious intention, you can heal. With your conscious intention, you can bring more joy into your life. And when we bring joy into our life, it's not that we're gonna forget our loved one who died. The joy and grief at first can sit by each other side by side. People don't realize that, Chelsea, because people think, you know, I have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I work with a lot of bereaved people and typically a lot of ladies. And we just do not have a lot of grief education. So, so many people don't even know that one concept that would make a huge difference or does make a huge difference to their healing because we have all kinds of emotions um joy awe curiousness gratitude on the positive side so we're when we're in a grief it's our job let's say if we want to get better to do the hard work of grieving and that means feeling all our human emotions the whole range and i believe when we consciously tap into joy that helps us take a break from the hard work of grieving, but then our joy extends, it expands, it lengthens. So mm. over time, we start to feel better gradually. And two, I always wanna point out, when we're feeling better, we're not forgetting the person who died. We will always love that person. We can never forget them. They will always be with us. So by us experiencing joy, to me, if we can reframe our thought and think, 
wow, I feel better. I'm going to live my life in honor of the mm -hmm. person who died. You've made that point before. Sometimes our grief is a connection. It's hard to give up, right? Well, yes. And I think like Chelsea's saying, our, our pain is more of a connection in the, the way that they died. And when we're living in joy and happiness, we're celebrating and connecting with them in the way that they lived. Yeah, that's lovely. That, yeah, that's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, and if your listeners, the viewers can reframe that in their mind. Like I think, for example, my mom died when I was, like you said, 28, so I was mm -hmm. fairly young. But it's kind of like our parents work so hard for us to have good lives. Mm -hmm. That even though they're not here, let's pay tribute to them. Let's live our life beautifully in their honor. Mm. And that grief, initially, it, it doesn't tie us to the love. That's what we think. That grief keeps us close to the love. And I guess in some ways it does. But all the joy and love in our heart keeps us close to them too. And I know this is not easy, especially when you're like brand new to grief. You're probably like, are you crazy? How can I feel <laughs> any joy? Right. But as time goes on, we can expand that joy muscle. And it's our decision each day. Okay, where can I find the joy? What can I do today? How can I realize a little joy today? And it's not to take away from the painful feelings people are having, but again, just to give them a break, to feel that whole range of emotions. And that really leads to our resilience. You talk about joy blocks. What are some of the blocks to us feeling? Sure, joy? sure. And the joy blocks are kind of like what we're talking about already, our beliefs that we have, like, I'll never get better. Mm -hmm. It will always be this bad. Next year will be even worse. So it's those thought processes we have. So, so it's kind of like you're catastrophizing. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And what we want to do is transform those false beliefs. When you think, oh, it's always going to be this bad, I'm going to feel terrible, you can ask yourself, okay, is this 100% true? You know, that's an easy thing you can do immediately that someone can remember. Is this really true? Am I always absolutely going to feel terrible? Do I know this 100% for certain? And typically you can't say yes, you don't know 100% for certain. So it's just like reframing those thoughts we think. You know, look, is it true? Is it really true? And what yeah, are we holding yeah. that belief? Yeah, yeah. And that's just an e easy, easy way to do it. There's more to it, but that's just an easy tip people right. can do. Well, talk to us about a, creating a joy plan. Okay, I, I, I want to be more joyful. How do I sure, sure. in the very beginning? Yeah, yeah. And let me give you a couple techniques. And then once you have the techniques, then you can be like, okay, for my joy plan, what am I going to put in my joy plan? What can I actually do? It's kind of like how we plan our day. How am I going to plan the joy into my day? So one of the things that I do, and I, I still do it quite often, is I think about the joyful moments in my life. So what I would suggest to your listeners is just get a pad, a paper, journal, whatever, and relive, not relive yet, but write down some joyful memories you had in your life, whether graduating from college, falling in love. On my list is having my son, um, starting a new business. Those memories that really, really brought you joy, maybe when you were younger, something in high school. So for me, it's um, reliving or um, remembering the birth of my son. Another one is opening a new business for the first time. I remember jumping up and down with my coworkers like, yay, we did it. Um, and another one is just a, rem a memory I have from 
college, just a fun time with some friends. So think about those moments. So now that you remembered that memory, look at how your face lighted up, you know? So the key is to relive that memory in your mind, like to embody that feeling. Like, how do you feel when you think about that? Just kind of replay that movie or that memory in your head and look at how much better we feel. So that's just like one little tip or trick you can do in your day when you're grieving because you're going to be in that heart, those low emotions, those yucky emotions. So if you can remember that loving moment with the person who died or another moment, we're just like lifting our vibration. Vibration. We're just feeling better in the moment. So you can just kind of do that throughout the day, you know. And I, I sometimes do it in the morning because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so because I think oh I have so much to do today you know um, so then I'll kind of remember some of those memories and that like perks me up just so it brings me into joy Mm because I'm using that muscle I'm trying I'm exercising that muscle right away in the morning so and another thing you can do too is just add a little joyful activity into your day so very simple think about what you like to do whether reading walking, swimming, whatever, going for a bike ride. And again, when you're new to grief, this is going to feel real difficult. But just do a couple minutes a day, give yourself a break, read a book for a couple minutes, go for a walk. But the key is whatever activities you like, whatever brings you joy. So for example, for me, it's I like to read. So that brings me joy. I like to spend time with my son who's 13. And really be present to him. So that brings me joy. So that's another activity you can add to your joy plan. Even in my book, I tell people just to start with two minutes a day. Mm, you I like know, that. Because they're going to not be in back to their everyday life by any means. So it's mm-hmm. just do a little, see how you feel. And then another activity that I recommend, which is kind of fun, easy, is just having like a, I call it a feel good, feel good book. So all it is is a journal, pad of paper, paste everything in there that makes you feel good, whether pictures, you know, quotes, memories. And for me, I just kind of, well, I have a bulletin board in my office Mm -hmm. and I have all pictures on it that make me feel good. A lot of pictures of my son, different activities we did. So again, you're making that conscious effort. You're looking at something that brings you joy the actual joy book that I have in my living room is just like a artist sketch pad. So I put in a lot of pictures from magazines, which, you know, it sounds kind of hokey, no, but it works. No, collage, collages are amazing. Yeah, and it's yeah. fun to look and see what you do are interested in. They turn out to be stories sometimes about your life. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, and like um, for Gloria, like those pretty flowers behind in your background, mm-hmm. like in my joy book, I have pictures of flowers because I love stuff that's beautiful, pretty, and that kind of lifts my spirits. So anything like that, that lifts your spirits. So you can kind of page through this book when you're just sitting on the couch, you know, you got the TV on, or, or really the key is whenever you start feeling low, kind of refer to your joy plan. And I would go as far as to say as writing it out for the listeners, because when you're in that yucky grief, you're not going to remember all these tips. So if you can even have a one piece a one page piece of paper saying, okay, I could do this, this, or this three things, boom, you mm-hmm. can look at it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I do too. That's great.
So, so Chelsea, do you feel like you applied all of this? I mean, when your mom died, I mean, it must've been pretty overwhelming to be an orphan at 28. You must've felt like, why did this, why me? Why is this happening to sure, me? Why is it sure. happening again? My sure. dad dies first at four and now my mom, I mean, is that how you came up with a lot of this stuff is that you actually implemented some of it? Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of simplifying it here, right? But it certainly was not simple. And I did not do these things immediately because at the time I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the knowledge, I didn't have the support. So that's one of the reasons I wrote the Sudden Loss Survival mm -hmm. Guide. These are all the things I pretty much had to learn the hard way over a lot of time so if I would have had the proper knowledge, I think I could have made my morning experience much better. My mom died in the 90s, so mm -hmm. I think grief education wasn't as prevalent as it is now. For example, when I needed a counselor, I had to go get a phone book <laughs> and mm -hmm. call them on the phone, you know, yeah. Google wasn't there. So that's why I'm really passionate about giving people a lot of tools. My book has tons of tools, but then the people can find what works for them depending where they are in their grief. If they're brand new, they're gonna do different things. A Sudden Loss Survival that. Guide, Seven Essential Practices for Healing Grief. And the practices range all the way from the beginning of grief to the end of grief. Towards the end, um, we're using, I shouldn't say end, but where you are, the yeah. length of time mm -hmm. from where your loss occurred is really what I mean. So uh, tell us about your website too, and, and your products about your, um, uh, with sympathy gifts and keepsakes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. My website. Yeah. It's called with sympathy gifts and keepsakes. And my idea there is to honor and remember the person we love. And I like to do it with tangible reminders. I'm a big gift giver. So mm. when someone dies, you know, we get flowers, which are awesome but then the flowers die and then the person feels bad. So I like having objects around me to remember my person so we can remember them in daily life. And then even you as the gift giver, um, the recipient, when they see that angel or garden stone, whatever you gave them, they'll be like, oh yeah, that was so nice. She gave that to me. Oh, that person really was caring for me. So they're almost reminded of your care again when they see that object. So there are a number, number of things on your site that people can buy and, and give us gifts. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on uh, our show today. And thanks for all the good and all the wonderful things you do. And your book is amazing. And it would be a great uh, gift to give to right, someone. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the foundation for healing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for just reminding us that we do have a choice because, you know, we, there's a lot of things that happen that are out of our control, like death. But right. you are an example of losing many, many people in your life and making choices to honor their memory through living your own best life. So thank you. Thanks. And we thank everybody for joining us today. And we do want to remind you, Heidi and I and Chelsea do, that happiness after a loss is a choice. It may not, it'll be a hard choice early on, but as things move along later, you will find happiness again. We can, I'll tell you that uh, we have wonderful lives and, and you can too. And, uh, Heidi and I always want to remind you, if you're in a bad spot right now and you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. 
You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.